Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our latest Lion on Leave podcast from the Hartford. My name is Laura Marzi, and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Group Benefits here at the Hartford. Our topic today is extremely timely and one that most of us are very, very familiar with by now, working from home. And today I thought we'd explore how an employer provides the very best support to their remote workforce. I know I speak for a lot of folks that slouching on the couch with a laptop for eight hours a day can't be optimal for the body and mind. And today to help us with all that is our guest, Alicia Heim. At the Hartford, she's a certified rehabilitation counselor and a very dedicated ADA coach. And our employer clients are very, very fortunate to have Alicia in their corner with her expertise. So Alicia, welcome. I know that workplace ergonomics is something that you're very passionate about. And I was wondering if you could just start us off by briefly describing how you work with our customers. Absolutely. Thank you, Laura. I'm happy to be here today. And this certainly is a hot topic for our customers these days. Um, I, I work directly with our customers and uh, consult with them on workplace ergonomics. I also work with them on uh, how to keep their employees at work, return to work policies, as well as their responsibilities under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Got it. Okay, so I have a few questions for you today, if you don't mind. Um, I wanted to start off with just some questions that are coming from employers about remote support and approximately when did we start getting calls? And when we talk about remote support, what are some of the most common questions that we're getting from our employer clients? I'd say the real uptick in inquiries really started in the May-June timeframe. Uh, when employees uh, first went home, everybody thought that this was going to be very temporary. But as time went on, it's uh, got apparent that it was going to be long term. And, you know, for some companies, they're even looking at work at home as permanent. So um, some of the companies and even government agencies that initially thought they couldn't support work at home have really made some investments uh, to support it. And we're seeing a lot of employees um, that are really working at home on a long-term basis. So the types of questions we're getting really are on resources for employees, uh, really to help support themselves in the work-at-home environment. Uh, we just completed a flyer uh, with uh, information, working with an ergonomist to help uh, guide employees to setting up their work offices ergonomically correctly, whether they're in their home office or working on their kitchen table. So I think most homes have comfy couches and chairs, which again, as I started this off, are great for lounging, but obviously not great for working eight hours a day. Can you clue us in on some of the health risks from inadequate ergonomics and how would that actually translate into productivity? You know, Laura, that's so true how people have been working um, and long-term uh, working like that um, ergonomically incorrect really translates into muscular skeletal conditions, specifically conditions that really impact your back, neck, and wrists. Um, and when you're in pain, you know that's going to impact your productivity. You know, I found that really quickly the other night when I was working on my own personal laptop uh, on the kitchen table uh, without an external keyboard, and I felt myself getting real wrist pain quite quickly. You know, find yourself hunching over your computer and, um, you know, pain in your wrists. Um, it would happen quite quickly. So to that end, I was wondering if you could just break down some simple tips for our audience to learn how to adjust their work from home office space. 
Absolutely. The first thing is really look at how you're working. Um, you know, if you're using a laptop, you really should have an external keyboard and a mouse, again, to keep yourself from really crunching your, your shoulders over. Long-term uh, use of a laptop certainly does that. Uh, your monitor um, should be uh, slightly below eye level and approximately an arm's length away from you. Um, you would want to look at your chair. Um, you should have your feet on the floor, um, and if you're uh, a person who can't reach the floor, um, perhaps you're a shorter individual, then you would want to have a footstool. You also want to look to see if your chair has lumbar support. And if you're using a chair that doesn't have lumbar support, you can certainly purchase a lumbar support cushion. So get that good lumbar support. That's really important. Um, then you also want to make sure that you take breaks and changes to your positioning. Uh, you want to alternate your sitting and standing. And if you don't have a sit-stand desk um, and you're at home, you might be able to use your countertop to give you a, a standing space. Uh, so be creative in what, what you do have and use that flexibility. Um, also, uh, I found that one way to be able to alternate the sitting and standing is also if you're on a call and you can, you know, get yourself to think, okay, well, I, I don't need to be sitting at my desk for this. I can stand while I'm, uh, you know, on this call. The other thing you want to do is um, watch out for eye fatigue. What you want to do is be able to uh, look away from your keyboard on a regular basis, uh, like a look out the window or look at a picture maybe 20 seconds away. To that end, I mean, these are excellent tips. Have you seen employers do more over the past, say, six months or so to support their work from home staff, maybe even allowances for, you know, particular types of technology or furniture, that type of thing? Yes, there's been a lot of that going on in the workplace, and we've seen some companies uh, really uh, step up to the plate on that. One company that we work with has partnered with our, an ergonomic equipment company and given their employees a $1,000 uh, allotment to actually be able to purchase equipment for their home office. So they could uh, potentially purchase an ergonomic chair and a sit-stand desk, um, which will give them a nice setup for their office space. We've also seen other companies that have allowed uh, employees to take uh, equipment from their office um, to, their, to support their home office, such as ergonomic chairs, monitors, and external keyboards. So some, that's some of the ways that we've seen employers really trying to help support their employees. That's awesome. I know that you know traditionally companies have brought in ergonomists and workplace engineers to evaluate workspace in a traditional office setting. Can you tell us how the virtual environment they're all working in right now has changed that approach? Absolutely. Um, what we are seeing is a lot more focus on employers trying to provide the tools to the employees on how to work ergonomically correct. So we've been involved helping with, you know, flyers to help set up a workplace uh, ergonomically correct. There also are online trainings that employees can actually access to be able to set up their workplace ergonomically uh, correct. And then if there is a need for the, for the assessment, there is the ability to do a virtual assessment. We've seen that that can actually be done uh, quite well um, with the technology available. So you can have an ergonomist actually do the assessment uh, from a remote location. You know, I, I actually ask in this next question from personal experience, and I, I bet there's a lot of folks listening that can relate to it. So when employees left their offices, and many of us, you know, had to do that very quickly in the middle of March, 
they probably just had their laptops and not much else to begin with. From your perspective as a professional in this space, you know, with hindsight and more preparation, if employers wanted to really truly create a work from home kit, in your opinion, what would be in it? And I'm also interested in knowing if mental health resources would be part of that work from home kit, and if so, why? Sure. Um, you know, as far as the equipment, I think that we have seen some employers do this, and I think it's it's really important that employers do consider this for both now and, and for the future to have equipment that they have their employees set up with and a list uh, that is so it's standardly given to employees. Uh, but basically, um, that should really include the external keyboard, a monitor so that people aren't working just off of their laptops, definitely a headset, and, you know, if possible, a chair. And I do think that the mental uh, health resources are really important too. Um, certainly the EAP is something that can help, uh, you know, an employee. And we suggest that, you know, that's not only for, uh, you know, counseling sessions, but also to help you strategize what might be the right scenario for you. You know, the traditional work-life balance has really uh, changed with this environment, and it's become more of a work-life integration, especially for parents who have children that their home uh, you know, homeschooling and their children are learning remotely. So um, that EAP is definitely a great resource for employees and should be included in that kit. Yeah, I definitely wanted to touch a little bit more on the work from home arrangements. Do you think more employers are looking at work from home as almost even an ADA accommodation? And I'm also wondering too, you know, what impact has COVID had on how employers handle accommodation requests like that? Absolutely. Um, I think that this is going to have a marked change in, in the workforce. I think it's been demonstrated that many jobs can be done effectively at home. So um, I think that employers are really looking at, you know, this for the future. I think that um, we've seen a lot of different industries who may not have thought that they would be able to have employees work from home doing it successfully. And I think the longer term impact is going to be that, you know, employers are going to be supporting this. As far as the ADA accommodations, um, you know, that was something that there were employers who in the past wouldn't allow work from home. And I think that, you know, this has really demonstrated that in many instances, it is an effective way to accommodate an individual to be able to have them work remotely. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think, you know, the idea of work from home being a temporary response, I think everybody, you know, understood that there probably could be high productivity, right? Because everybody was really trying to do their very best not to miss a beat. I'm actually wondering now, you know, we're hearing, you know, lots of feedback from employers that a shift to remote work might just meet their business model going forward. I'm wondering if, in your opinion, are there particular industries that you think are best suited for a shift to more permanent remote work? Well, we've certainly seen, you know, the, uh, you know, with our own experience, the insurance industry has done that, but also a lot of other financial service companies have been doing that too, and they've been doing it quite successfully. So I think that there is a lot of opportunity out there for, uh, for employees to work remotely. Perfect. Um, this was an excellent conversation. And Alicia, I just really want to thank you for sharing your good insights with all of our listeners. This has been a great discussion, and I hope everybody's found it valuable. I want to thank you for listening as always. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your colleagues. As always, you can visit us at thehartford.com slash PFML for more information and resources to help you manage absence more broadly in the workforce. 
Thanks very much for listening.